1: Welcome to the PowerCat Podcast, GoPowerCat.com's Kansas State Athletics Show. Now, here's your host, Go PowerCat publisher, Tim Fitzgerald.
2: Welcome to this week's episode of the PowerCat Questions Podcast. Tim Fitzgerald, Zach Carlson, Ryan Gilbert. Those two boys are back from Lubbock safely. Uh, Ryan Gilbert, are you going to sneeze? What's going on? I don't know. Maybe. You, you're hiding your face in your shirt. You're. <laughs> I mean, are you are you playing like? Uh, are you shy?
0: I think I got. I got something in Lubbock. I'm a little under the weather. Don't,
2: yeah. Okay. Don't ever say I think I got something in Lubbock ever again. Because that sounds a lot <laughs> worse than you meant it to to sound. Thank you for the napkin. Fitz. No problem. We're sponsored by the Fridge Wholesale uh, Liquor. That's hard to say. Make sure you get something when you go there. Get get in there. Buy liquor. It's wholesale. Look, if you have never been to the fridge when you come to town this weekend for the game, because you're coming to town this weekend for the game, I don't care where you're at. If you're one of our listeners in, in the Far East, you're coming. If you're in Europe... You're coming. Uh, our South American entourage, you get up here. Everyone go to the TCU game. It's going to be a big game Saturday night at Bill Snyder Family Stadium, and the fridge is just around the corner. Stop there. Get whatever you need for your tailgate. Head to the parking lot and let the show begin. That's a good way to segue right into. Here's your questions from Wabash Station. Ryan
0: Gills Gilbert. From <clears throat> from KSU number one, <laughs> who do you start at quarterback on Saturday? We're Will Howard. Will Howard. I think Will
2: <laughs> Howard's gonna start. I I look, Avery was great. This might be sustainable, but I think they want more. They want to see more here. Um NTC will now have film. They have a better defense. They'll challenge Avery. Avery's gonna play. Don't get me wrong, but I think Will Howard starts. If he doesn't, I'll be a little surprised, but I think they're gonna juggle the two. And uh, for the next couple weeks until they go to Texas, when I expect Avery Johnson to get his first career start. You think at Texas? Mm-hmm. Well, I think after seeing TCU's defense and Houston's defense, uh, I think they'll say, oh, well, this is, you know, if he plays well. Who knows? Maybe Will responds with this and plays great, you know, and you end up with two quarterbacks going pretty good. But I, I do think uh, if everything plays out as a way it possibly could, I think Avery starts at Texas. Interesting.
3: I think you start Will Howard this Saturday, mostly because to protect Avery a little bit, because if Will struggles, obviously you can bring Avery in. And, you know, whether or not Avery wins the game for K-State or not, I don't think it's going to fall too much on him at that point. But if you start Avery and he doesn't play well, I mean, wh- what's, what are the fans going to do? What are the fans going to do? What is that going to do to Avery Johnson's confidence if he comes out, can't get K-State down the field? You know, they start him and K-State's down 14 nothing, 17-3. You know, what? what happens? You know, Avery Johnson played great on Saturday at Texas Tech incredible performance but what happens if he's not playing as well as he did because I don't think he's going to have as great of a game you know if they start him you know whether he plays well or not he's not going to play as well as he did no. on Saturday but you know the the fan base has been clamoring for Avery Johnson for a long time now Avery Johnson definitely backed up and earned his spot on the field for K-State but at the same time How quickly, you know, how how patient can K-State fans be with Avery Johnson when things don't go well, when he's making freshman mistakes? He's incredible talent, but there's still going to be a bit of a learning curve here too.
0: My initial thought on Saturday was, okay, you've got to roll with Avery for the rest of the season. This is it. Don't, Don't look back. You know, Will Howard did some great things, but it's time to move on, but... As I sat on it, as I listened to Chris Kleiman talk, the players talk, and you just think about Texas Tech's defense, the way that that group is awful against the run, the quarterback run, you do have a predicament on your hand. You can't just ditch Will Howard after everything he's done. And if you ask Chris Kleiman this question, I don't think he even knows. And a lot of the times we get coach speak from him in his press conferences, but he seems pretty genuine that he didn't know he was going to start on saturday when we talked to him on on tuesday at his press conference and so later throughout the week i'm sure he'll get a better feel but at at, at this point i don't think he even knows
2: look they go with a hot hand at running back and apparently they're going to try that at quarterback it worked great saturday at texas tech it won't always work i mean sometimes the running game falters even though you got two guys i i do think they inadvertently tripped into some pretty good pairings here i think dj giddens Pairs really well with Will Howard in terms of he's a good pass protector, can power run the ball, uh, is an available receiver. And, you know, we, we saw Ward come in and, and just really blossom with the, having Avery Johnson and the zone read put together. Those two are dangerous. It was it was a lot of fun to watch. Uh, but I'm, I'm going to step aside here and say this. Will Howard, in all likelihood, will start Saturday. And in all likelihood, some fans will boo that. And I'm just telling you, if you're a fan, uh, you need to shut them down. Uh, will Howard did so much of this program last year. He just won a Big 12 title. We're just a year removed from everyone partying with him on the field at the after the Oklahoma State game in which they routed the Cowboys in Manhattan. You don't throw someone aside that quickly who has done something for you. You. you you do what's best for the team, and if Chris Kleiman thinks that's Will Howard starting another game or two, um, in the short term to see how this plays out, then that's what's going to happen. But booing your own quarterback after he's done so much, man—that's a—that's a bad luck. I hope it doesn't happen.
3: Exactly my point to why I'm worried for Avery not having success early. People, if, will turn if this on is, if if it took less than six games to turn on Will Howard. How many games is it going to take to turn on Avery Johnson, who's a freshman? Uh, You know, by the end of the season, if, if, you know, God forbid something happens to Will Howard and Avery Johnson is the starter for the rest of the season, and K-State barely makes it to the Cactus Bowl, I mean, K-State fans are going to be done with Avery Johnson based on what they've said about Will Howard. I'm sorry, but it's just not fair to anybody.
2: Fans are fickle. They want the backup quarterback. They'll be screaming for Jake Rubley.
0: Kleiman's decision to to play Johnson was awesome. It was phenomenal, just based off of the the matchup. But boy, the situation that he has now created for his fan base, for his team, for his quarterback room. Uh, I don't want to say the optics are bad, but it's just it's not a good situation that he created, despite getting a good win.
2: Yeah, you know, I I think this team will handle it. I'm talking to Hayden Gillum, who's you know really close with Will Howard. He's he's probably the only man that gets to cut touch his butt. That's how close they are. Look, it's obvious Avery Johnson energizes the team, and Will, uh, excuse me, Hayden talked about that, about how he he really does. He's fun to play with. That's that's fun. They, I, someone asked him about you know the pulling on that thirty yard run and and just watching the guy you know break it into the open field. They love it. It's really cool. So no matter who's on the field, this team's going to support him. But setting aside the fact that the run game worked so well, I thought the tempo of the offense got back to what it needed to be with Avery on the field. It was more definitive. It, it almost felt like Will's been overthinking things a little bit this season as opposed to just going and playing. And maybe this will recenter him.
0: From Pickles, is Sunshine the last creative nickname possible for Avery? Least creative. Did I? Sorry. He, hey, you know uh, I don't blame Zach I, here. Forgot, I forgot to – there was a typo, and I forgot to edit the
3: typo. Come on, Pickles. Be better. Uh, but I agree with Pickles here. It is the
2: least creative nickname possible for – Are you bashing Texas? Fitz's DD? Yes. Man, it's hard around here. I, I, we did but learn today that I thought he, that he was called that in the locker room, but he's not. I call him Avery, which is – <laughs> that. that's the worst nickname for a guy named Avery is Avery. I disagree. Okay. Yeah, I
3: don't think he has a nickname. I think that people look like, that guy looks like Ronnie Bass, and he's a
2: backup quarterback. Let's go with that. But I I think the nickname plays beyond that comparison from the movie. I think even if you don't know about that, the way with his hair, I just think Sunshine sounds okay. It's easy to sell. It's marketable. I'm in on it. It's not intimidating. I, but I, I also I don't care about that. Like Iron Will, that's does, scary. Does that kid look intimidating with that blonde hair and that baby face? No.
3: Yes, because you know exactly what he's going to do to you he's gonna, on the
2: he's, field. Yeah. He's yeah. going to be a ray of sunshine. Um, <laughs> I, I am only going to support Sunshine as his nickname, and I brought this up on the Insiders, and this has got to be a thing. I want the nickname Moonlight. You personally, mm-hmm, yeah, Moonlight. If he gets to be Sunshine,
0: this bald dome gets to be Moonlight. It makes sense because Saturday was the eclipse day, right? We had sunshine and moonlight. There we go. Which me and Zach were in the heart of. Uh, that explains why you
2: came back so strange.
0: Yeah, yeah,
2: it's us. I'm 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 in on sunshine, but yeah, if Avery says yeah, I'm not really into it. I'm also in on ending it. Whatever Avery wants, right? I think we can all agree on that.
0: It's whatever. Gil- I just think Ed it's Gillum wants. He wants you to play O lineman for him, right? Yeah, I mean, I- he's designing plays
2: for me. I forgot what I was going to say. Sorry. Oh, no,
0: I, I just think it's funny that you haven't
2: seen a member the Titans. Okay, so I th- I didn't realize it was came out in 2000. There's like a three-year blackout of anything fun the Fitzgeralds did after starting our company in 98, and that clearly was one of it. And I've also noticed that I've got a giant hole in my music in that period of time. I didn't listen to any music during that time.
3: Wow, like the whole boy band era was just... Well, Backstreet Boys in sync, I mean, 90 look, degrees, yeah. Britney of Spears,
2: that. no, 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 no. <sighs> I don't. I know It's actually. It's worked out well, but um, yeah, we didn't do anything other than work. So I didn't watch Remember the Titans, but it's now on my to do list. Gills, how many
3: times did you watch Remember the Titans on our roll in TV in elementary school? That I can remember, zero.
0: Oh, sorry. Okay.
3: Multiple times, I think. I think we chose that movie all the
2: time.
0: Hmm. You must have had a better childhood than me.
2: Yeah, That's easy to do. You grew up in a
0: cardboard box Uh on the hard streets of Kansas City. Spare change? Yep. Hey, that's Cole, not me. No, yeah. That's right. Hard streets of Olathe, Kansas. Right. Right. From Came to Elevate, after the way special teams played at Texas Tech, are special teams back on track? What still needs to improve?
2: Well, the return game still isn't much of a threat. You know, Chris Kleiman talked about how everyone's, you know, kicking it through the end zone. Not, yeah, Coach, yeah, they, there's more touchbacks, but you were fair catching at Oklahoma State, balls that were in the field. And it happened again. I mean, I see why they do it, because they never get back to the 25. If you can't get back to the 25 on a regular basis as a return, return unit, what well, what are you doing at Whatever they're doing schematically isn't working, and the guys aren't executing. And Philip Brooks had a had a uh, punt return where he caught the ball and he was just surrounded. And again, I said on the insiders, he he probably thought, "Oh, this is how Custer felt." I mean, he was just surrounded. This was a bad decision. Nobody blocked, so it's it's a problem. But uh, they're kind of digging down into special teams now, using a lot of guys that. Haven't played a lot because they're, the injuries are taking out some players that would normally be on. Well, they're taking the players that are on special teams because now they need to play regular roles.
3: I mean, like when you look at punt return, they don't send anybody to block it. But also they don't block the offense, defense, whatever, the kicking team well enough to get a return, it's like they aren't doing anything. There's 11 bodies out that, well, 10 bodies out there, and Philip Brooks out on his own trying to make something happen, and he just can't. I mean, it's just frustrating to look at that. Um, I do like they changed some personnel on kick return. Yep. So you know they're trying different things, but I don't schematically. There's something off, and I, I don't really get it, but. Seth Porter definitely played well. Oh, my gosh. Which is such a weird thing to say about a guy on special teams, but Seth Porter
2: played very well on Saturday. I just, I felt like he was just running around tackling people. Just, I mean, maybe when the camera went on him on the sideline, he was tackling people. In the locker room, he's tackling people.
3: I mean, how many wide receivers are out there
2: getting more tackles than catches? It was was impressive. I mean, he, he just terminated a lot of special teams plays. And then he punched the air so violently. He's fired up. <clears throat> Are you okay over there? I'm good. Yes, sir. Don't blame my dogs.
0: Don't cough in my face skills. I blame somebody that coughed in my face in Lubbock.
2: Oh, man. I bet you were just like
0: sick. I probably turn green in the face. <laughs> Would you like me to ask the next question? Yes, I do. Okay. Last question. Of the first half is from thirty-two flu. Maybe that's what I have right oh, now. Wow. Do K-State coaches instruct the players to slide after an interception versus getting tackled? It's maddening to watch. That was funny.
2: I, and we, Kobe Savage was asked about it today about by Glenn Kendall. He goes, I don't know why I did it. I don't know why I did it. I just did it. I I was wanted to make sure the ball was secure. I think he thought, hey, we have got a turnover. Let's get let's let's get down here and start the offense up again. I. I don't know. I just think he reacted. It felt like I don't know if he thought the game was like over.
3: Like one of those situations where it's just like, hey, or you know, or like the game's like less than a possession. Where like they at that point they had a cushion lead. Yeah, like they had multiple Texas Tech needed to score multiple times to come back and tie or even take the lead at that point. I think it's just one of those things where you're just like. Not a lot of time. Let's control the football instead of maybe giving it back. But it was.
2: It was only one that out of the three picks that that happened. I mean, Kobe's second one was in the back of the end zone and he went down like a baseball player to catch it. And then, of course, VJ uh, returned his after the most casual interception in the history of football. Yep. Thank you, Daphne. That was, uh, I mean, he just like stuck his arm out. So the ball could just slide in under his arm, yeah. <laughs> and then he just took off running. It was, it was so. And then he ran weird. a giant
3: arc, like yeah. he ran all the way to the other sideline, and then turned in. And
2: it was he was he probably ran hundred yards. It's good to have interceptions. I would like to see Kobe have a pick six. That uh, that would be fun. He's he's playing incredibly well right now. Since they swapped those safety positions, I think it's benefited both guys. And I think uh, Kobe's back to being the headhunter, and it's it's fun to watch.
0: Kobe was inches away from a, a third interception. I guess that came before his second one, yeah. so maybe it wouldn't have happened anyway. Yeah, but in, in the end, he got as many
3: interceptions as he would have had, yeah. but sure.
2: Who knows? Maybe if he got the first one, then they had an extra drive. Maybe he gets another one. Who knows? But yeah. It Returns little... the first one. And yeah. I don't know. Exactly.
0: He fumbles it on back. the return.
2: That's, I think, that and was going through his ball. head. And yeah, honestly, a, B. you know, if if you're worried about that, just get down because you've seen what your offense can do. So just give them the sure. ball and let them go. And that's what happened and that's what worked.
0: Did I not warn you? Oh, I, yeah, I did warn you. No? I, was, I don't know. If did I did. properly warn you that was the last I don't question? I think you that did. was the last question. Yeah, I'm sorry if I didn't, stuff. Fitz.
2: Guys, look, let's have, a, let's have a little meeting here. Let me turn the mics off. You guys suck. You guys aren't doing your jobs. Why are you pointing at me when you say that? I'm sorry. He's not looking at me. No, oh, I, crap. I forgot to turn the mics off. That's it for the first half of the uh, Power Cat Questions podcast. It was kind of a short one. Yeah, I mean, I don't know why we were so short-winded. What was it? Is that a phrase? Short-winded. Is it supposed to be long-winded? Probably. Long-winded. Well, I don't know. We'll be back. Go stop by the fridge while we're in commercial break. Just go do that
1: gopowercat.com's powercat Powercat podcast continues after this short break
0: my days working and taking care of my little ones can be a lot i checked out care.com and it was so easy for me to find local experienced and background check sitters finding our babysitter was way more affordable than i thought care.com makes it super easy search for qualified candidates you can view their profiles read reviews and ratings check their availability send messages directly get the help that you need care.com should be every person's go-to
2: welcome back to the power cat podcast welcome back to the power cat questions podcast sponsored by fridge wholesale liquor three men and only one dog today it's just how how it is The the big boy dude is off getting groomed to look handsome. It's about time. Oh, he was a mess. Tired of petting him. He's disgusting. He was. He got pretty to see. It was like (laughs) petting Gilbert. He just really regretted it later. Greasy. Mm, Greasy. Make sure you stop in at the fridge when you come to town this weekend for TCU and K-State. Next week, it is Houston and K-State at Bill Snyder Family Stadium. That will be homecoming. So come home and go to the fridge.
3: Does huh? it bother you in homecoming games or after a home game? Huh? Like K State's at home this weekend, yeah. but homecoming is next weekend. Homecoming is always, at least how I think homecoming should be, should be after a road game. It's the first game of
2: a homestand. I love like homecoming. You're Coming they, home. They play it, homecoming is always the closest to Halloween game they can. Either before or after? I don't know that there's after. It might be before. But this that would be it. I mean, you can't have homecoming at a Texas game.
3: No, but the twenty eighth is closer to the thirty first, is it not?
2: Twenty eighth, what? Yeah, twenty. Yeah, yeah.
3: The fourth is further away from Halloween
2: than the twenty eighth. That's why it's Houston. Mm -hmm. You just prove my point.
3: Sorry, it's just something that bothers me. Homecoming games should be after a road game. Because you're, you're coming,
2: coming home. That's not what the word means. But it, it is. It means alumni are supposed to come home.
3: Yeah. And the team comes home after a road game.
2: <laughs> that's, that's, that happens like six, seven times a season. Here's your question. Exactly. From schedule, your, schedule
0: your homecoming properly. <laughs> Zach's going to keep talking about this. Let me get his mic off. Gilbert, asks us a question. First question of the second half from Domer Cat. Domer. Every team at K-State plays, even FCS ones, appear to have at least one receiver who can separate and one who is bigger that can compete for 50-50 balls. K-State does not really have either on the team this year. I believe that the loss of Malik Knowles and Cade Warner are a major reason behind Will Howard's poor play. Why does K-State not have receivers who can compete at a Power 5 level?
2: I think the receiver room is in desperate need of an upgrade. And, and not, I mean, they need a go-to guy, but they just need that room more competitive. I think they've done a good job with the younger classes. that Maybe they'll mature into it. We're now seeing Jace Brown out there, which is a good sign. But, man, they, I felt this way for a number of years. Even when Malik Knowles was around, they just don't have enough depth and talent in the receiver room. They don't. And even if you're going to have sunshine running the ball all over the field, you still need quality receivers to make this offense really click. And um, they got to go find more. they got to go find more, more, more. And it's time to really look into the portal for a guy that can come in and really play. Like Keegan Johnson, we all thought it was Iowa. They didn't throw the ball very much. He was injured. And he's been the same guy here. I
3: just – for how well K State has done in the transfer portal across the board, every position except for wide receiver. I just I don't understand now in the area in the era of the transfer portal, and you can buy players with NIL how you can't look at the top wide receiver in the portal and say, What do you need to come here? Because we will make it happen. Look at what know. look at what our wide receivers have done. We need a guy like you. I don't know. I, I, and maybe and maybe those those types of guys just aren't good locker room fits. I don't know. I don't it think just the coaching staff wants bidding wars for players. I that I agree with. I get that, but at the same time, you, you know, even if you're not quote-unquote buying a player, you can make the pitch. Look, we were terrible at wide receiver. We don't have any athletes with your body on our team. Do you understand the role that we can have you play? You know, I think that's the sales pitch to these players in the portal because you can go find, you know, just like what we've seen at running back, you know, with Adrian Martinez last year, you know, defensive secondary, you know, whatever, you know, with you know Kobe Savage, um, Josh Hayes, you know, there's pl- yeah. Russ Yeast, there's plenty of guys that, in fact, are in the league right now right. that I, I just I don't understand how you can't just get one. One wide receiver that is an NFL talent and convince them to come to K-State. Hey, because Knowles,
0: by Knowles, he definition, was he NFL is, talent.
3: He is on the injured reserve for the Minnesota Vikings.
0: Oh, no, he got cut he got long cut, ago. Cut.
2: Yeah, he got cut, cut. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay.
3: Oh,
2: yeah. But but he's, maybe but I should update my article. He still did, uh, um, oh, I, uh, <laughs> this is what I don't get. We saw a really good receiver for Troy, right? Maybe... Maybe he's not a good locker room guy. I get that. That's important to Chris Kleiman. You can't lose your locker room. But that kid was at Kentucky and ended up at Troy. So obviously if Kansas State had come a call in, he might have listened to play in the Big 12. Or maybe he just wanted to be you know, home in Alabama. I'm not sure. But there's guys out there. And if they're more comfortable trying to find that one double-A guy, where did that come from? FCS guy, um, that's like a, how old is that reference? Like fifteen years now. It's been. Oh, don't beat yourself up too hard, man. That's not that bad, man. An FCS guy that can move up and is you know will, willing and ready to move up because those guys exist. We we know that we've seen them at other positions. There's got to be receivers out there. They've got to upgrade that position, make it more competitive and deeper. And also, I, I don't think they've been rotating receivers enough. You brought this up, Zach. I think they've just stuck with the main guys they've had. And even though they're not playing well, they just keep shuffling the same deck. Try some guys. Maybe there's some gamers out there. You didn't want to play Jaden Jackson, and you had to play him because of injury, and look what happened. He turned into a viable guy in the two deep, even though he runs the wrong same pattern as once Chase well. Chase Brown. Yeah. I mean,
0: playing guys. Yep. You know, get some more guys into the mix. Agreed. To an extent here, K-State being sort of a developmental program, wide receiver is probably one of the hardest to get those guys to be good players. You look at the linebackers, that's a very thin group right now. They're not playing amazing, but they're getting by, right? I think K-State's wide receivers, sure, they may be getting by, but I would say that that's probably a worse group than linebackers right now. And it's just tougher to gain separation when you just don't have that quickness. That linebacker, I hate to compare just these two positions, but you can tackle, right? You can be strong and you can at least do your part, right? As you're, if you're a wide out you know, and you're not developed, if you're a guy like pick Sterling Lockett, who's not ready to play right now. There's not much you can do as a wide receiver. So just the the way K-State recruits, and maybe that's the solution here, put more of an emphasis on wideouts. You know, stop caring about other positions. If this is a re- recurring theme here, pay attention to wideouts. But I just think that K-State being a developmental program has something to do with this.
2: Well, let me point out that if you're a really athletic running back and you make a wrong read after getting a handoff – you can still make something happen, right? I mean, if you have some holes in your knowledge of the playbook, a running back can cover it up. A receiver has to know what to do, where to be. The quarterback expects him to be there. And do it at game speed. There's no opportunity to do a thinking process. It has to be reaction. It has to be ingrained. You have to have this trained behavior that on this play I do this, I plant my foot, I go this way, da da da, da. And then you have to, you know, complete the catch and do all the stuff you got to do at a receiver. In some ways, to play receiver, you got to be a finished product before you ever get on the field or you're not going to get on the field because we've seen it. We've seen receivers running the wrong pattern. We've seen the result, what happens. Now, there's been a lot of things that have gone on around, but let's just use, for example, if a guy is supposed to do a crossing pattern and all of a sudden doesn't do it because he went, deep and totally ran the wrong pattern. And then Will Howard looks up and sees a receiver in that area and misfires to him with pressure in his face. Everyone gets mad at Will Howard. You no, know, I mean, th- that wasn't what the play was supposed to do. The guy who was supposed to get the pass wasn't anywhere where he was supposed to be. Um, and that's where you get in trouble with receivers. And they end up just investing time in the guys who are most advanced. I understand why, but boy, you better get these young guys advanced because What we're seeing doesn't work. Just did not get the job done. Period.
0: If there is maybe one negative of Avery Johnson, you know, now playing a prominent role, he and Will Howard can only have so many reps with the ones at the wide receiver position. So that might hurt this team even more with the wideouts, as much as that sucks to say. Well, I'm I'm all for yeah. Sure, I'm not complaining. Putting the young guy out there, putting the young receivers out there
2: that have played with Avery. If that's okay, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And look, I I think you if you're going to situationally substitute your quarterback, the personnel around him might need, need to do the same thing. I want to see Avery Johnson in the backfield with on Ward, period. That is very difficult. That puts a lot of stress on a defense.
0: And I'd assume he's gotten a lot of reps with Jace Brown over any other yes, wideout yeah. throughout the offseason. Yep. yep. Bring it on. Yep, do it. From win-win 1943, How does Will Howard's play affect his potential for being drafted? What does he need to do for the rest of the year?
2: Well, I I don't think anything he's doing this year will get him drafted. He was kind of borderline. I thought if he had a really good season, you know, he could get into the draft. Uh, I I think this is something I never thought I'd be saying. uh, I think we need to consider that Will Howard will be in the transfer portal at season's end. Just – That's entirely possible. I think it's clear he needs a fresh, good senior season. He wasn't getting that already. It wasn't because he's not getting the opportunity. He hasn't played as well. Um, I know a lot of the quarterbacks will hit the transfer portal because of the presence of Avery Johnson. This is going to be a problem. They might need to go find another quarterback out of the portal that understands his role will be a backup. But Will Howard's a starting quarterback and can be and might – need to go somewhere else if he wants to play one more season. I don't think he's draftable at this point. Maybe he, maybe he knows he can not be drafted, become a free agent, make a team. Maybe that's what his confidence level is. But if I had to guess, he'll transfer, try to put something more on film. And I'd encourage him to consider maybe going down a step uh, look, good quarterback's a good quarterback. Uh, and if you, I'd go where you can find the receivers and the protection and go to that school. Not because it's close to home, not because it's prominent, not because you can win a championship. If you're really transferring because you want to be an NFL quarterback, go where the receivers will receive and the line will block and protect you. Uh, but I, I think there could be massive changes in that quarterback room if Avery Johnson actually blows up to the level that he could. And Josh Allen played at Wyoming. Yeah. And that worked out for him. And there's some comparisons there. And, you know, I don't know what Wyoming's got going at quarterback, but there's a lot of sense there that Chris Kleiman's old boss might take him. That's a good point. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think Will's an NFL quarterback, but he just hasn't played enough. And a lot of that rests with how Will played as a younger player and – how maybe, you know, what happened his freshman year and the troubles he ran into because he had to play, maybe it deflated his ego or his confidence. And now he's got it back and now he's lost it. Now he's got to rebuild it. And um, he just needs to play more.
0: If you ask anyone on the basketball staff if there's any bad blood with Ish Masood, there's zero. They all love him. Um, I'm not saying that Ish going to go play in the NBA. He's not, But Will Howard, if he does decide to leave, it might just be for his best interest. And I think everybody could be OK with that if Avery Johnson does develop into that type of player that we think he might be. So during Ishmusud's season last year, his foot was in a way out the door. Everybody knew he was going to be leaving by the time Big 12 play even started. That being said, he was still a team player. He still played a, pro- a prominent role in the team's run to the Elite Eight. And who's to say Howard can't be that way for the rest of this season. If Avery does get that job by the time we said the the Texas game, right? Who's to say Howard can't be that guy. There doesn't have to be any bad blood just because you're deciding to transfer because ultimately for Will Howard's professional career, it's probably going to be like your fits unless something changes here, unless the trajectory goes a different way over these couple of games, that's going to be his best bet to try to get on an NFL squad is to play one final season at a different school to prove that he can be an NFL quarterback and that he can be a guy that doesn't turn it over. That makes, you know, smart, timely passes. And like you said, fits a, a team with better wideouts and weapons surrounding him.
3: So I think will Howard transferring, I think it'll leave a sour taste in some K state fans mouth, not because he's leaving, but just kind of the way he was treated by the fans on the way out. I mean, you know, I want Will Howard to leave K-State on his own terms, you know, own success. You know, it feels, I don't want it to feel like he's being forced out. He has to go somewhere else to play. I think he absolutely can play at K-State, but Avery Johnson presents that problem.
2: Now, with all this said, do not write off Will Howard. We did that once, and he proved us wrong last year. So don't write him off. The reality is, Avery's a true freshman, and Avery's probably 15 pounds under what he needs to play at to withstand some of the hits. If a linebacker, a big physical Big 12 linebacker, squares up Avery and drills him, Will Howard might be in the game real fast. So, um, Will can play at a high level. We've seen it. It's not just talk, and maybe he'll get back to that. Maybe Saturday he'll come out and Sling it all over the field and everyone will be happy. And I think that'd be a really good thing for K State football if Will came out and put up a really big game. Avery comes in, runs the ball with success, and Will's thrown it with success. I I, I hope they both can thrive.
0: From Call Me T22, oh. basketball is unofficially ranked number 35. Are people sleeping on Jerome Tang and company?
2: Yes. Yes. And I, I don't. Did you learn nothing from last year? It's not like the cupboard's empty. They returned some nice pieces. Granted, they lost their two best players, but they brought in two really good players. They're going to step into those roles while everyone else matures. I I don't quite understand it, but that's okay. I think Jerome Chang probably doesn't mind. You to play that underdog role a little bit. Nobody respects us. Let's go do what we did last year. I'm all in. I think they're going to be okay. Will they be as good as... Last year, look—that's a lot to ask. It's—I can't get there, but I can tell you—I think this is a top twenty-five team. If they
3: beat USC, it's not a big deal. They're going to be in the top twenty-five until probably sometime in conference play, and maybe they don't leave the poll. So, I mean, thirty-fifth—you're ten spots out of the top twenty-five. I just—it's the preseason preseason rankings, if you put any weight into them, especially in basketball. Basketball, the entire season will play itself out.
2: You know, UConn was ranked last year in the preseason. What were they? They weren't. Exactly. Trick question. Boom. Mm-hmm.
3: Exactly. It, like, And just the way that the postseason structure is. You were trying to make a tournament of 64 teams where roughly, and you're probably trying to get one of, what, 28, 29 auto bid, or uh, at-large
0: bids. I mean, and you're trying to peak at the right time in March, right? So this ranking here in the beginning of the year doesn't. Wouldn't you rather be ranked number one in the preseason or
3: win the NIT? Like, I mean, hold on. I uh, probably made, the, uh, made a bad, uh, uh, bad,
0: uh, bad comparison there. k okay State in 2011 was third or fourth to start the year. It didn't matter. That season didn't go nearly as good as they planned it to be.
2: No, I, yeah, I, it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter, but uh it does give. A coach like Jerome Tang, some fodder Absolutely. to to use with his team.
3: If K-State's a top 10 team in February,
2: that's what matters. Doesn't matter right
3: now.
0: Sure. I do think people are sleeping on this team, though. And if you asked me this question early on in the offseason, I would say no. Just because the losses of Noel and Johnson are huge. But top to bottom, I think this year's squad is, without a doubt, a, a deeper roster. They're going to have some tough decisions the ninth, 10th, 11th man, you know, who are we going to give these minutes to? Whereas last year was kind of cut and dry. Who's going to play? Who's going to red shirt? So it's going to be interesting to follow just the the minutes that this staff can give out, you know, over each game. Are you saying that this team can beat last year's team?
3: Sure. Sure. Like night in, night out or? No, I think it's probably more four of a coin three. Flip. More of a coin flip. Okay.
0: Interesting.
2: Okay. That's a good. You just stand out there on that limb.
0: I think think the loss of Desi Sills, though, is going to be huge.
2: I think you're exactly right. I think he's –
0: Because people talk about Noel and Johnson being gone. Can't forget about him.
2: I
3: know. But, yeah, when you got him in the starting lineup, that was –
0: Yeah, you're welcome for that.
2: (laughs) You are a trendsetter. I try. Next question.
0: Last question. There we go. From Jerome Yang. If the NCAA, if the NCAA had chosen Go Powercat instead of the IARP to mm. rule on the KU case, what would the decision have been and how long would it have taken?
2: Um, well, it would have taken a lot less
0: time. But <laughs> it's, not, I, that's, not, I, I, look, it's easy to not take more time than what they did.
2: My issue isn't the decision. I don't know the nuances of the allegations and how they, what evidence they actually had. Um, a lot of people get charged with murder, and then they find out they didn't do it. It looked like they did it. Do I think there was a layer here of—look, I'm going to bring up politics here, but usually when you legalize marijuana, you also go back and— let people out of prison that were in jail or prison for simple marijuana charges, not trafficking in that. And I, I think there was a sense of, look, all this is pretty much legal. Now they're literally doing this with the in the open. Now, what do you know, what are we doing? I don't think that was right. I think they should be held accountable for what they did, but I'm not in a position to judge what they did properly. But I, I think we now know this, um, the IARP was totally useless It was a joke. I think the investigators milked it for money, milked this length of this for money. Uh, And I'm in an odd position of defending KU. I think being under investigation for five or six years is a penalty. I think it was absurd to have that process drag on and hover over that program for so long. It went on so long and made me so angry at how inefficient it was. I started siding with Kansas. On the contrary, KU, well, not necessarily KU,
3: but this investigation kicking the can down the road so far, kind of like what you said, they waited so long that it became legal. Right. So in the end, whether KU delayed, whether the IARP delayed, the delay benefited KU. Ultimately,
2: I said this in my daily delivery on this topic. The only thing we've learned from this, and, and we'll never have another IARP investigation because it was so bad they just shut it down. It was a fiasco that you don't cooperate with the NCAA. Oklahoma State did. They're the ones who got the punish the most. Everyone else went the AIRP route, and um, it did it worked out great for them. And that was supposed to be the independent, more... Fair and balanced, and they just ended up being a bunch of weasels. They just they didn't do their jobs in any way. Whether they, you know, whether they brushed aside the allegations from Kansas or they just took so long when they knew nothing happened. Either way, they didn't do their job. Don't cooperate with the NCAA. They say you did something wrong, say no. Even if you got blood on your hands. Don't talk to the cops, right,
0: Zach? Exactly what. Don't don't talk to the quote-unquote good cop. That's all friendly to you. Don't talk to the cops. Ask for an attorney. Shut up. Call for Mike. He's got this.
2: I don't know if I'd trust Mike on the NCAA. I don't think I I I would. But yeah, it's the whole process. Just gummed it up, and I think it's another signal that the NCAA will be trashed and reinvented. Let's keep this in mind. I actually heard a sports writer who should be knowledgeable or maybe as a broadcaster was a national person. They need to have an organization that's run by the schools. That's what the NCAA is. It is a membership driven organization, but those working in the office have just gotten this really weird thing going where they're hostile and not. And, Honestly, I think the NCAA thinks too much about their own revenue in these processes. I just think that comes into the picture. That's why we see Oklahoma State hammered and the big programs get off easy because the NCAA wants those schools in the tournament for revenue. But... Again, I don't I don't think KU was treated fairly in this even if they were overly fair in their assessment of the penalties and you can be mad about it, this going on this long is total trash
3: and was ridiculous. You want to fix something, just let the NCAA hire the compliance people and they put them in to the athletic departments. Don't let athletic departments hire their own compliance people cuz they're going to cover up, you know, whatever. Stuff they need to do There's a conflict of interest there There's- So if, if the NCAA really wants to And if the institutions really want to make things fair In the case of cheating All of your compliance officers are in a pool You get drawn out You go somewhere for five years, whatever And then you rotate That's that what like, you do job. There's uh, your well, daily delivery
2: <laughs> But here's my problem with that Is you've got wealthy donors Who will bribe the shit out of those guys And gals They will They they absolutely will um, Uh, compliance officers, there's no way I'd want to be one. You're the bad guy in the house. You're the guy that tells the kids to clean up. And some compliance officers, like the ones John Curry hires, uh, actually just pester the crap out of their own coaches and just make up rules and and make their lives miserable. And then some compliance officers are like, I didn't see it. There's Sergeant Schultz from Hogan's Heroes. I didn't see it. Nothing going on here. And just ignore things. So there is a a difference in how schools apply these rules um, to themselves. I, I think they need to take the NCAA rule book and get it down to about five pages of rules per sport. I mean, there's probably things that go on in track that don't matter, that it's different from football or basketball. The rules are just intrusive, obscene, wordy, stupid. My, one of my favorite sports quotes of all time is, I grew up in Salina. I grew up watching Marymount College Basketball, RIP Marymount. They're not not around anymore. But they were a national power at NAIA. And Ken Cochran, the coach, had a great quote on it. He said, the NAIA has two rules. Don't cheat, and if you do, turn yourself in. And there's a lot of truth to that. I mean, you just strip it down to make it easy to know. Every fan should know, ooh, we can't do this. Ooh, we can't do that. Because right now with the NIL and everything else, it's pretty gray out there. I mean, we literally have fans putting money into NIL to buy a recruit, which still is illegal. Folks, it's still illegal to use the NIL for recruiting. Is the NCAA doing anything about it, Zach? No. No. Got to start over.
3: But if you start over, I feel like the schools would get together and say, this is legal.
2: This is allowable. They should. Yeah. They should. They, they should decide what the rules are and set the speed limit, enforce the speed limit, and hammer those who go too fast. you got to hammer people. I don't care if it's a lightweight or a national blue blood in the sport. you got to have equity in how you tr- treat institutions. If it's wrong, it's wrong. That's it for this edition of the Power Cat Questions podcast. These two guys got to get in the road because they're covering Big Twelve basketball. Media day starts Wednesday. The men do; <laughs> uh, women were are Tuesday today, in which we're recording this. But Jerome Tang tips it all off at—I'm going to say—at the Sprint Center. It's still the Sprint Center in my heart, always. T-Mobile Center in the morning. We'll be there, probably hanging out in the drum room with the president tonight. I'm jealous. I hate you guys. That's it. I hate them.
1: Thank you for listening to the Power Cat Podcast. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts.